Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Wake Up for Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. Here's what's happening in the entertainment industry, media biz, and social platforms. With a seismic change yesterday in the theatrical movie business and huge layoffs at CAA. Nothing like a quiet middle of the week and a bunch of other, frankly, unrelated things, but a lot of them, so bear with me. Plus, of course, a check-in with my favorite non-alcoholic brew, Athletic Brewing. Now over to Hollywood. Two very big business stories yesterday, and we'll start with CAA as it's more immediate. They're laying off 90 agents and executives and putting another 275 assistants and other support staff on an indeterminate furlough that will likely maintain as long as CAA is working from home. The 365 people affected make up about 17% of CAA's total headcount. And this, of course, follows major job losses at all other major Hollywood agencies back in May and June. It seems like overall, those laid off at CAA will receive a severance package of about two to three months of their compensation and benefits, according to the trades. The second and probably larger story is a groundbreaking deal between Universal Pictures and AMC Theaters that's pretty much going to change the theatrical movie business going forward. Universal will now be able to make their movies available on PVOD or Premium Video On Demand just 17 days after their theatrical release, as long as that includes three weekends, according to Deadline. That window used to be about three months. For those not familiar, PVOD is the thing where you can rent a new movie for about 20 bucks from iTunes or On Demand from cable companies for a 48-hour period. Universal's been pretty much doing this all summer with movies like King of Staten Island and Trolls World Tour. This deal with AMC only covers the U.S., but the two are in discussions about international territories. And obviously, Universal movies play at other chains as well besides AMC. Namely, the second and third largest chains, that's uh, Regal and Cinemark, who presumably will also have to agree to this, but uh, no comment from those guys as of yet. Deadline also noted that while Universal now has this ability, they'll be unlikely to use it for hit movies with legs like a Get Out or a Fast and Furious movie. But for horror movies or movies targeting younger demos or rom-coms or movies that simply underperform in their opening weekends, uh, it makes a lot more sense. Now, as to why Universal is leading the way on this, you have to look at their Comcast ownership. While Universal Pictures has to split their movie theater ticket sales with theater chains in roughly a 60-40 split, uh, give or take, Universal and parent company Comcast get to keep 100% of the revenue from PVOD on-demand rentals that are made from the 20 million households who have Comcast cable boxes and potentially from the other 10 million broadband-only Comcast customers. However, AMC will get a cut of that PVOD revenue. The Hollywood Reporter cited the number at 10% of PVOD gross, though the LA Times reported that it'll be more like 20%. No word if that percentage goes down if Regal or Cinemark joins the action. Even when you consider Comcast also has to give 30% of PVOD revenue from places like Google Play and iTunes to Google and Apple respectively. Keeping that revenue from PVOD rentals on Comcast systems is really a big incentive that Universal has that really no other movie studio has. Sony, Paramount, Disney, Fox, and Lionsgate all don't have that kind of corporate ownership. The only other studio that does is Warner Brothers. Although streaming rentals are kind of useless on a satellite system like DirecTV, but AT&T is about to roll out their 5G mobile network and the ability to offer exclusive $20 rentals of Warner Brothers films 17 days after their theatrical release is an attractive concept. But no matter how all this shakes out going forward, the movie theater business has been drastically changed from now on. 
Over in the TV, the Emmy nominations, of course, came out yesterday. But I'm sure you've already heard as many hot takes as you want on the subject. Uh, though obviously Netflix set the new record for total nominations at 160. Although personally, I'd love to see their volume of submissions, as well as their total bill for their entry fees. However, HBO still had the most nominated show, with Watchmen getting 26. And actually, the top three shows were very balanced, as Amazon got 20 for Mrs. Maisel, and Netflix got 18 for Ozark, although HBO's Succession got 18 also. So we'll see who wins in about two months on September 20th. BuzzFeed is taking another shot at the movie business. They signed a deal with Lionsgate to develop and hopefully produce movies together. BuzzFeed initially announced ambitions to make movies from their stories and IP back in 2014, launching BuzzFeed Studios, but uh, no movies were ever made. And no new specific projects were announced here either. And it kind of seems like part production deal and part promotional deal, where BuzzFeed is agreeing to heavily promote the movies to their audience. But overall, this deal announcement was pretty broad. And finally, two items out of PBS today. First, Alicia Keys is going to exec produce an American Masters documentary focusing on six iconic African-American female entertainers. That'll be called How It Feels to be Free. And PBS is also launching an SVOD PBS documentaries channel exclusively on Amazon Prime channels for about four bucks a month. You'll get access to 900 hours of documentary programming, including the entire Ken Burns library and the PBS docu brands like American Masters, Nova and Frontline. And just going to put this one here, uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune will both be back in production by next week, according to Deadline. Next up, over to the media biz and social platforms. With the first major convention cancellation of 2021, the former employees from sports media site Deadspin launching a new venture, Chateau Marmont going members only, and the latest Spotify subscriber numbers. Plus, today's pop quiz... What shows won Outstanding Comedy and Drama Series last year at the Emmys? The answer, after a break for a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing. And you already know, I'm a big fan of Athletic at lunchtime, especially compared to your other options like uh, water or seltzer, eh, or something diet with an ingredient list that takes up half the packaging, or a soda or a sports drink with a ton of sugar. But Athletic's Golden Ale only has 50 calories, 4 ingredients, and uses all organic malt. Or go with something that has a bit more juicy hop character, like their Run Wild IPA, which just has only 70 calories. And it's a beer for lunch, just kind of fun. Best of all, they ship to all 50 states, so go to athleticbrewing.com shop. And the shipping is free when you get just two six-packs or more. That's athleticbrewing.com shop. The direct link is right in the episode show notes. And now the answer to today's pop quiz... Fleabag won for Outstanding Comedy Series last year, and Game of Thrones took home the drama statue, so uh, no repeats this year. Now over to the media biz and social platforms. The Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, which previews a lot of entertainment tech and electronics, from new gadgets to TVs to streaming devices, as well as like robotic dogs and things like that, uh, every January in Las Vegas, has now declared they're going virtual the first week of 2021, according to CNET. They'll still have keynote speeches and tech demos, but certainly a big hit to the electronics industry, as CES had 170,000 attendees last year, and over 4,500 exhibitors, according to AdAge. Forget making money from being an influencer. TikTokers are becoming the new gamers. Man, that sentence made me feel old. There have been several reports over the past week that paydays are ahead for the most popular of TikTokers. 
First, from TikTok itself, who set up a $200 million creators fund to support their biggest stars. Then the Wall Street Journal reported that Instagram is now paying some TikTok stars several hundred thousand dollars. To shift over to their soon-to-launch TikTok ripoff, Instagram Reels, their biggest addition to the apps and stories. And Music Business Worldwide reported that rival product Triller is looking to do the same, going so far as to even give a small ownership stake in the company to one of TikTok's biggest stars in exchange for switching from TikTok to Triller. Meanwhile, my MySpace account is uh, still up for grabs. Over at Spotify, they announced that there are now 138 million people who pay for Spotify each month worldwide, according to TheStreet.com. That's up over 8 million over the past three months. An additional 161 million people, and myself, uh, use Spotify for free every month, making their total user base 299 million people worldwide every month. That's up 22% from this time last year. However, ad revenue took a 21% hit in the second quarter, which is more or less in line with other media companies, though not quite as bad. And that revenue number is still 13% higher than the same time last year. The Verge also reports that Spotify has launched a group listening feature for their paid users. You can now generate a link of a playlist or a podcast that you can send to five other friends who also have their own paid Spotify account, and not yours, and listen to it together in sync at the same time. 18 of the 20 staff members from the Geo Media Sports website Deadspin, who left the company last year, mostly in protest of management policies, have now come together to form a new subscription sports media company called Defector Media. The company will charge 8 bucks a month or 70 bucks a year for access to the podcast, which begins next month, and the website, which launches in September, according to Deadline. And Chateau Marmont is changing from a hotel to a private club, according to the Wall Street Journal. Hotelier uh, Andre Bellage hopes to complete the process by the end of the year, as bookings have pretty much evaporated and he's already laid off most of the staff, most without severance pay. Andre also owns the Chiltern in London and the Mercer in New York City, which if all goes well with Chateau, he will look at converting next year. <laughs> In today's programming notes, HBO has the new documentary, The Weight of Gold, that looks at the mental health challenges that Olympic athletes face once the Olympics are over. Athletes featured include Michael Phelps, Bodie Miller, and Sean White. That one airs at 9 p.m. And we'll loop back to Spotify, who welcomes Michelle Obama to the glamorous world of podcasting with her exclusive podcast on the service. Although I really hope it's not a daily podcast about news in the entertainment business. That'd be embarrassing. Uh, her first guest, a former president. Guess who? No, not George Bush. Uh, speaking of politics, just a reminder, today is the big tech showdown hearing on Capitol Hill. So expect to see a lot of hype around that uh, pretty much all day. But let's go out with some Miranda Lambert, who had her first number one country song last week in eight years with her latest single, Bluebird. And if you would, please mention the podcast in work conversations like, uh, hey, you should listen to this great podcast called The Wake Up or something like that. I'm not exactly William Goldman here, but word of mouth is greatly appreciated. Plus, connect with me as you like, your host and producer, Sean McNulty, on LinkedIn, and you'll get some previews of the big stories of the day on that platform. Plus, uh, you can see where I went to college. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. And it's the home.